This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of August 12th, 2018. This is the road to 2020. And this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. This week, it was evident that the NFL and its relationship with its players is as rocky as ever. Could this mean good things for the XFL? It's episode 28. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Welcome to preseason football Actual games were played this week. How does that make you feel, Jake? It makes me feel good. You know, I, I actually watch very little other than, you know, the, the club that I support. But it, it just means that we're closer to the regular season. It does. In the NFL and in a couple years, we would have experienced an XFL season and wouldn't have this football withdrawal we have right now, Bryant. But less, nonetheless, it is here football i've been aching for it and we're finally getting a little taste of it with some new rules that we're going to be talking about today huh yeah it's here it's 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 august it's usually you know coincides with the first uh of spring fo- i'm sorry excuse me of of what is what are you preseason football uh it, it's exciting times things are looking different on the field for sure uh, i'm with jake though i did not watch too much of it uh but yeah you know with with the xfl we wouldn't have to wait so long for football now would we I no, watched enough to know what I need to know. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm good enough. enough. Yeah, you dipped your toe in enough, and you're here to talk about some things NFL-related. Uh, it's going to be really fun. That's going to be the main discussion because I, we, I read a great – I sent you guys that article, great article there, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, talking about the NFL's labor dispute that will be coming in 2021 and how that might relate to the AAF and the XFL and maybe potentially getting some superstar players – Rule changes and whatnot, we're going to get into that. But first, we got the cover two, the top two news items of the week. Let's get right to it. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. All right, guys. First up, the NFL preseason has begun, and the new helmet rule has proven to be something that is going to be enforced for sure, but maybe... Maybe not to its fullest everywhere. I saw some referees that were hesitant. Only one one group of refs were really to enforce this new rule to the fullest extent of the law, Jake, when Shamarco Thomas of the Colts was ejected for an illegal helmet hit. It's a very thin line between whether or not you're ejected for these issues for using the head or if the head is being used on purpose. Is it just getting in the way of a shoulder tackle? <laughs> the head down is the big controversy so far, week one of the preseason in the NFL. The head, the head down is definitely what the NFL is trying to discourage, guys. We don't want another Ryan Chazier issue. We don't want another injury like that. So, with what we've seen so far with the new helmet rule, has it bothered you yet? Is it annoying you, or do you think you could get used to this? In what I saw, 
it's bothering me. Whenever this rule was announced, it bothered me. And Brian, let me pose the question to you. It, you know, last year at this time, if I would have told you that somebody got ejected from a preseason NFL game, what do you think they would have had to do? Uh, preseason game? They must yes. have you know, sw- they took a swung at one of the referees or something at that point. It's the quality of the play. And and all this guy was – all he did was what? Make a tackle that, that was legal? He you know, launched, it, launched himself. You can't, I, you can't make light of this situation. You know, I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I'm just – at least I, I don't think I'm making light of it. But How are you not making light of it? I mean, there's, there's serious, serious it was issues. No, there are serious, serious issues with people, uh, players' health, their safety, uh, and and even the XFL is going to attack this same uh, situation with the same types of processes. So you got to get used to it. This, this isn't a tackle anymore. This is this is about how you're going to keep the players safe with doing the same thing. Your football from the '90s, '80s, '70s, whatever, it's no longer existing. So this and is this is what this this is what you have. This is what you have. And either you're going to continue to watch it and enjoy what you're going to be able to see or not. And, and, and that's just the, the end of it. Well, that's so, so you, I take it, Bryant, weren't bothered at all that this was an ejection, the Shamarco Thomas hit. I, what bothers me about these hits, you're right. I, I'm in, to answer your question, no, I'm not bothered by the ejection. Me neither. What I'm me neither, because they're unnecessary, those hits. They're great to watch, well, but they injure people. Correct. But what I'm bothered by is just the communication, the 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 process of it, you know, all that's going to be, you know, players are still going to do these things. And I understand that, but maybe the players aren't educated enough. The X, the NFL doesn't know um, exactly what to do when they have to enforce these rules or, or how to teach their players not to do these types of things. Yeah, it's, I've seen some, they've put, you know, online videos, they've had players sit in, meetings with referees they've had people from the league and executives try to explain it and they just don't aren't getting through to every player now I'm sure some players understand this but it's obvious week one of the preseason that the players aren't 100 percent a understanding or b just don't give a damn I I think it's more the the latter to be honest I think a lot of them are like uh, Jake Bryant where They've been taught to tackle and play the game one way, and even if it is a, an unnecessarily violent hit, they're going to make it because that's just the kind of player and that's that's what they were raised up to be by all the coaches they've had to get them to the NFL. That's a, It's a very tricky, tricky situation because it is how they were nurtured all the way to this point where now they're professionals, and now we're asking them to completely change for some of these players, especially at the safety position, uh, the the way they play and style they play this game, it's probably the most interesting issue, not even in football these days, I think, but in all of sports because we're actively trying to tell professionals, stop playing the way you were taught to play. It's it's crazy to think, but it, it because of safety, it makes sense. Do either of you think that the players are just, you know, they're almost waiting for the referees to call their bluff? Like this is a game of chicken and, the, and certain players are not going to change their style yeah. until the referees do something. Or at least in the preseason. Exactly, Jake. I think you're right. These guys are going to throw these hits where they can and see what happens. Maybe they're, hey, Shamarco Thomas, guy like him, I don't know how much playing time he'll get with the Colts, but throws that hit in the preseason he's going to he's getting suspended probably and missing money in a preseason game 
he'll he he's learned his lesson early enough. Maybe that's what these four games are all about, and that's why I'm all for four preseason games, especially when you have rule changes so often. Everybody says they should decrease the amount of preseason games. This year, we need all four of them so these players can learn their lessons like he had to. And like some of these other players who put their head down and got flagged, they weren't ejected necessarily, but players were being flagged. Falcons got got it twice in one game. 15-yard penalty, very serious penalty. Bryant, got to learn your lesson in the preseason. Well, that is what the preseason is for. It's to learn, to understand what uh, the NFL and uh, is is going to be like in the in the season coming up. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it is a, it is the player's responsibility to do or not do these you know these hits. But again, I think there's there's probably some trade offs that the NFL can probably work on. Maybe they can start working out their kinks. You know, you're not allowed to 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 lean with your head and make a tackle, but then. You know, how else can you make a tackle? I, I understand the frustration in Jake. I understand your frustration with this as a fan, but this is the way the NFL is going to be going forward. And it's just hopefully that they can figure out other ways for players to um, be effective without actually hurting themselves. Yeah. yeah the NFL, it, the, or go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say it is, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this season plays out. Is this role going to be enforced? as strictly as it is in the first game of the preseason, uh, you know, as it is in a wild card game, you know, or is this going to be like the NHL where there's more leniency in the playoffs? Uh, If the NFL has it their way, I would say no. So whatever they have to do consistently, and that's the best way to uphold the rule, whether I like it or not. And how this all affects the XFL is the NFL are their own guinea pigs now. So what Oliver Luck, these reimagination committee committees need to be paying attention to is fan reaction to the new rule how the nfl enforces the new rule and whether or not you want to enforce something like it and how you will be able to communicate better to players and fans what this new this helmet issue really is in the sport of football and that i saw a very interesting tweet from pro football talk they put it out there and it said quote prediction with seven years Vince McMahon makes the XFL an old-school football league that embraces the hitting from the 80s and 90s and shifts its schedule to the fall, giving disgruntled NFL fans a hard-hitting alternative. Is that a future you can envision, Jake? I think they're kind of being a little uh, tongue-in-cheek there and maybe even making some references to the USFL, but the XFL will have that opportunity, I feel, to, to negate all the safety concerns, but it doesn't sound like Oliver Luck's going in that direction. I I don't think he's going in that direction. From that statement that you read me, um, I would take out shifting the schedule to the fall, and I would use that almost as a mission statement for the XFL, Uh, for the the inaugural season. Another question I have, can the XFL survive seven years before going to that style? Yeah, if it gets there, that then – uh, maybe that's why it made it seven years because uh, the bloodthirsty football fans are out there. There are a lot of Jakes out there, Bryant. I, I want to see big hits, but I'm so far I'm cool with this new helmet rule. If the XFL is going to you know say our players have crop tops and they're leading with their heads, I don't know how many more football fans they're going to attract. Really, if in the long run, it's still we all know about the quality of the play for the XFL more so than hard hits. Yeah, but it's the quality for, of the play. You know, for all the Jakes that are out there, 
I guarantee you none of them are putting on a helmet and going out onto the field and playing a damn <laughs> down that's going to allow them to heat these hits, right? The, it, ain't the, it ain't the fans that have to, to suffer through the hard hitting. It's going to be the players. And are there enough players that want to do what they need to do uh, to, continue to, to continue to play? And I, I highly doubt that just because you don't make an NFL roster, you're going to go down to the XFL and and risk your your health, your body for – for what was what was the salary seventy five thousand dollars a year? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Now on the other end of the spectrum, what if the XFL? You know, what if they dressed all their players in like those big inflatable sumo suits? <laughs> they just went out there and they were extra protective. Yeah. Uh, then we're talking about a whole different kind of football. It might have to air on MTV or Spike TV. May it rest in peace, there, Jake. Uh, item number two here in the cover two: the AIF roster has uh, rosters have been filled out some. First 100 players have been signed to the Alliance of American Football. And Bryant was at the L.A. Combine last week. It was, uh, well, unfortunately kind of uneventful for him, but some players were able to run around and uh, eventually get signed. We have 100 players out on a PDF the AAF actually published to tell us uh, where they were going to be playing. Not any real star power just yet, guys. I'll uh, pull this up here. And I'll read you off some of the names, but um, the AAF so far, nothing. I mean, you guys probably didn't even hear word one this week from the Alliance, did you? I did not see anything from them. I saw other people reposting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of big colleges represented on these rosters. But I don't even, do all the teams even have a player, at least a player? Atlanta, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight. Yes. Yeah. So all these teams have signed some players, but San Antonio only signed three <laughs> a kicker, a punter, and a defensive tackle. So we're far from filling out these rosters with, you know, most of the players, but the process has begun for the AAF. I'm honestly really struggling to find one name that you guys will recognize. Um, someone who covers LSU on a daily basis, Colin Jeter's a tight end. I remember playing there. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, Did you hear yourself? Someone who covers LSU on a daily basis, I recall, was his name Jeter? Colin Jeter. Oh, geez. Tight end. I mean, if if the AAF or any or even the XFL is going to try to survive, they cannot rely on star players, I'll tell you that much, because they're not going to get them. It's not going to happen. And well, so, there, they there is hopes they're going to get a couple at least. Uh, Bill Polian, who's uh, you know one of the heads of the league, one of the founding fathers, did say that they're hoping Trent Richardson will play in Birmingham. They're hoping out loud that Tim Tebow will go to Orlando. Maybe his injury this year in baseball will uh, steer him towards the old ball coach there in Steve Spurrier. But so far, none of those announcements have been made, and I'd say the best player in the league is an offensive coordinator for the Atlanta team, Jake. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the, the, uh, the personnel is probably uh, more, more famous than the players that they've signed. And you listen, they may not get star power, but they may get personality power, and that could yeah. be enough for people to turn. That's tune what in. it's about, yeah. You've never heard of um, uh, Jordan v- Villeman? Former wide receiver from Oregon State, anyone? No? What about uh, Brandon Hodges was a tackle at Pitt, Jake. He's playing for San Diego. I don't know if I was in class with him. (laughs) What about um, 
you might know this guy here, a Khalil Rogers. It's guard it sounds from Southern, familiar. Southern Cal. There, uh, Bryant. He um, sounded kind of familiar. Chris Black, a receiver that played at Bama. I mean, you got guys that played major college football are in this league, but no one, no big names. Tyler Ferguson, quarterback, Penn State. What about that, Jake? They can always become stars. Just remember <laughs> that. Uh, an interesting quote, actually, from Bill Polian here. He said out loud, our objective is to take some of those people who can't quite make it and make them into quality NFL players. Can you translate that for me, Jake? Uh, I don't know why they use the word NFL players. Wouldn't they want to make them into quality AAF players there? Yes, he's out loud saying we are a developmental league. We want to get you to the NFL. Come play here. Well, there has to be some type of kickback system going on or something they expect to be going on, apparently. Well, there has to be some kind of uh, NFL for players to want to get to because, guys, that takes us to the hot read this week. Our big discussion is going to be on the NFL labor dispute that is pending uh, when the next CBA is up and whether or not that could benefit the XFL and maybe even potentially the Alliance of American Football. Are you rooting for an NFL labor dispute? Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Miller, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. The collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA will expire after the 2020 season. And that would mean that XFL year one and AAF year two would have been completed by then. And there could potentially be a crop of NFL talent just waiting to get on a football field in the XFL or the AAF. We had a lockout back in 2011, guys. No games were missed, but as of late, recent history would dictate that the NFL and the NFLPA are on a collision course for an ugly labor dispute in 2021. Are you rooting for an NFL labor labor dispute to benefit the XFL? Uh, for talk radio in this program, I am, but for real life scenarios, I am not. Although I think, you know, like you were saying, Alan, it's it's going to be a lot tougher this time, and that that goes in all sports. I think. I mean, Bryant, is this is this something that you want to see? Would would no NFL but benefiting the other leagues be worth it to you? I don't think so because. Even if you don't have, first of all, the, the dispute last year started in what, like July? I think that's when the official lockout started. I can't remember how long the lockout was, or was it through the? It was through the spring, I think. It was even before the draft, so they were locked out. I think sometime in March, all the way through the beginning of the preseason, didn't miss any games. I think they only missed the Hall of Fame game, if I do recall. Um, I don't think a, a lockout really benefits them in any way because last time the lockout happened it, it it didn't happen in a time frame that would benefit them and and even if this goes into the season uh 
it's still so far off from when they're planning on having their seasons that I don't see how it benefits them. I'll tell you what does benefit them. And if somebody somewhere in the Players Association can just bring this up as a possibility, and I would say it's for players to be allowed to play in the XFL or AAF after the season of the NFL is over, if they so decide. I think that's something that should definitely be uh, written in the CBA. Two-way contracts, like in baseball or, or in uh, hockey, you're talking? Uh, well, I think uh, something that allows the players, especially the ones that don't make a, a lot of money, don't make a, lot, a big name for themselves, that they're allowed to go into the AAF or the XFL and make extra money, get that extra practice, work at the end of the NFL season, full liability on the players at that point, but that's well, something that could be. Maybe not, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, guys like Bill Polian and the very the the, guy, the people who love the NFL that are putting the AAF together are definitely planning on being involved and getting in the ear of the NFLPA and the league for 2021 and and trying to open up a possibility at two two-way contracts. I guarantee you that is something that the AAF is going to try to kind of stick their nose in and being involved when it comes to the next CBA and the NFL. That has to be one of their object- objectives. I don't know or think it's the XFLs, but I would bet money the AAF wants to be involved in these discussions for sure. Well, yeah, of course they want to be involved. You know, they're they're they were saying in that last that last statement, you said that they are grooming NFL players. Whether the NFL wants that or when, whether anybody wants that is yet to be seen. I think NFL, per, uh, at least front office personnel, really want that. NFL Europe was beloved by the football people in the NFL. Coaches, general managers, scouts. That was great for teams. They, they'd love to have a minor league system, a place where guys can go. I mean, think about give, – give me, give me any team, any team right now. Throw them out with, with some sort of position battle or with some sort of young player who is not quite ready to step up and be a starter. I mean, you look at – quarterback situations all over there are players that that are just not ready just yet that that, that an NFL team could go have play in the AAF fine tune their game come back and become the next Kurt Warner everybody wants that to happen so I think the NFL I think players would definitely be open to working with the AAF when it comes to the next labor uh, negotiations the NFL spending $4.6 billion on player salaries. So money is not going to be what lures. Excuse me? Uh, $4.6 billion a year? Yes. On player salaries. How does and, that even calculate? And, and that's not going to be what lures players to maybe consider. Okay, we got a labor dispute. I'm going to go play in the XFL. It's not going to be the money. It's going to be the opportunity to play while making some cash and keeping your name out there. How worried are owners that players will have that option? I don't know. Really, I think by 2021 and whenever this happens, if the XFL and AAF are options there for players to go and keep playing during a labor dispute, I don't think the NFL is going to care. I think they're going to be more worried, not about the player doing that, but just having to deal with legal fees because you know they will be suing players and players will be suing the league that's for sure that's what that touchdown wire article alluded to it would be a hot legal mess 
but with the AAF and XFL as options, I mean, that's that's pretty nice for players when it comes to the next CBA, Jake. That's a, a nice kind of bit of leverage to have. Yeah, it's definitely leverage that you got. You know, if, if you can't play for one team, you can go play for another team on another network. Probably not, or you're guaranteed essentially not to make NFL money, but you're going to make money. And like we said, it's somewhere else to go. Now for the starters, for the big names, are they really going to take a pay cut and go play for a smaller team in a smaller stadium and potentially hurt themselves and then the big money NFL's not there? Probably not. Those people, hopefully they can sit comfortably at their couch and just ride this thing out. Yeah, that is something to consider if you're a player. What are you going to be doing during a labor dispute? Are you going to keep going out and playing football just to play? Uh, do you want to? Is there going to be money? Is Vince McMahon going to a lot? Hey, we've got a labor dispute coming. Throw some cash at guys who might be interested in playing for the right amount. We could pay for certain players just enough to get them happy and maybe create a buzz. That's definitely something the XFL would be into. I do not think the AAF would be stepping on the NFL's toes. I think this CBA, in terms of get it hope rooting for it to actually become ugly, the XFL is on that side. The AAF, I think, wants this to be happy, happy, joy, joy, where they're involved and everything becomes kumbaya, where the AAF is now an option and working with the league. The XFL, if you're Vince McMahon, you're rooting for a hot mess, Brian. You're rooting for that to happen so you can maybe throw a couple extra bucks at disgruntled players who still want to be playing in the spring. Even if you have to bump up to the summer or even into the fall a little bit, you would consider that, I think, if you're Vince McMahon. Yeah, you know, Vince McMahon has done wilder things with, 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 with different types of situations in his life, and I'm sure this would not be uh, one that he wouldn't consider. Um, it's just funny thinking about it that the AAF is is kind of like just being like the little brother that the big brother never wanted kind of thing. Like <laughs> they really want to be accepted by the NFL, but the NFL is like we never asked for you, so why? Are well, you I, I mean, don't don't <laughs> laugh at that yet. I think the NFL might might soften up to little brother. I think that they are going to have a working relationship. I I wouldn't negate the AAF get, getting in bed with the NFL and the NFL saying yeah come over here maybe not a little brother situation maybe kind of like a maybe this is more of a tinder situation the NFL right now is just staring at the sc- screen kind of ready to swipe right but just not yet yeah I mean guys I was actually gonna you know use the word friend zone here <laughs> you know the AAF thinks they're going to the prom and the NFL's you know maybe there's no relation there at all the CBA in 2021 is going to be huge. Look at the NFL right now and how the it gets along with its players. Every single issue, there's a bone of contention. Of course, we got this the silly anthem protest thing that, of course, is creeping its head back in as the season gets underway. But that's like down the totem pole. Players really care about money, guaranteed contracts. That's going to be the number one issue. And people are vocal these days about getting their money. Players are holding out more often and being holding their ground, staying firm, not actually going to training camp at all. You've got drug test issues. You've got the legalization of marijuana throughout the country. How will the NFL adopt those laws into its own laws? You've got gambling legalization. 
How does the NFL regulate that? You've got all sorts of rookie contracts. Running backs are trying to get money ahead of time because they're going to be getting crushed so much in a dangerous position. All of those issues are going to be hotly contested in that CBA in 2021. And even if the XFL is a very small part of the issue and be a very small piece of leverage for players, it is a piece of leverage indeed. And it is only going to benefit the uglier that whole situation gets in 2021. I think we can all agree on that. And as XFL fans, might be something we want to root for. I don't know. I'm on the fence because I want the NFL to move along and, you know, never stop. But I do want the XFL to succeed. Catch 22. You're you're watching for a car wreck, but you just want everybody to be safe at the end of it. It's like a, yeah, like a big hit in the NFL. I want to see the big hits. I just don't want the injuries, you know? So, I don't know. I'm If you ask me the question, are you rooting for a labor dispute? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, because that would be good for the XFL. Uh, I I don't think there's any getting around that, right, Bryant? Unless you think for some reason that'll just turn everyone off to football. I don't see that happening. No, I, I think the NFL is kind of uh, their own uh, enemy in this case. You know, the people are more upset with the NFL than they are with the players. And, and a labor dispute, I don't think, would be taken out on the players. And if you give them a decent option to go out to instead of the NFL. They'll stick around. They're not going anywhere. So, uh, I mean, careful, Long Allen. You can't. I mean, excuse me, careful, Allen. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But uh, I think, uh, oh, yeah, is it happy cake? And eat? Yeah, and yeah, you can't have a uh, a nice little dispute and have the uh, XFL succeed. Like one of those two have to give, right? You're right. gonna have a nasty dispute and have the XFL succeed, or the other way around. Well, if you're asking me, then I'm saying. Come on, NFLPA, let, put those dukes up and make it ugly because that's going to be I mean XFL in 2021 is going to blow up, and that's what I'm all about, baby. I'm XFL, ride or die, Jake. That's it, and with NFL week two of preseason, I'm going to be watching a little more closely for these you know, supposed illegal hits. How many people – Brian, what's the over-under for how many people are going to get ejected in week two of preseason? <laughs> Should we put it uh, at one? I, th- I think we should put it at one again, right? Because that's how one point yeah. five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You got It's like a hockey game over. Or, or yeah, right there. The line on a hockey game. It's always one and a half there, Bryant. So I think that'll be the that'll be it every week for the helmet rule. Keep an eye out if you're watching preseason football. Everyone, look look at that helmet rule. Let us know at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If it's really annoying you. Or if you really want to get back to 80s and 90s hard-hitting football, do you think the XFL should adopt a helmet rule? Let us know on social media or just go to the website. This is the XFLshow.com. You guys have any Hail Marys to throw before we're out of here? Uh, I'm just going to let the wrong, just let the clock run out. <laughs> Victory <laughs> formation. With that, for Bryant and Jake, I'm Alan. Enjoy the preseason, but watch it closely because we're reimagining football together. We're letting the XFL know know exactly what we want. Let us know also, 2021, you're rooting for an NFL labor dispute to benefit the XFL. Really want your comments at XFL Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's it. Clocks hit zeros. This is the XFL Show. See you next week.